Let's jump into this. Let's stand and let's get into the scripture. If I can, yay, it's on a black backdrop. On the, on the first, they had it on a white and I'm like, what? Anyway, okay. And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them and the glory of the Lord shone around them and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born. He is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in clothes and live. Suddenly, a great company of the heavenly hosts appeared with the angel praising God and saying, glory to God in the highest heaven and on earth, peace to those on whom his favor rests. Father, I thank you so much for the good news. I thank you so much for for giving everything you had, the most precious that you had for us. So, Father, on this day, I pray, Lord, that our hearts settle underneath your spirit, Father, as you begin to pour out what this meant to you, Lord. I just pray, Father, that we grasp it, that our hearts engage the truest spirit of Christmas this morning. Lord, I thank you for your goodness and your faithfulness. I ask that you breathe life and understanding, hope into your people today. Let everything that is of me fall and be forgotten. All that is of you stand and produce fruit in our lives consistent with righteousness. And they all said, amen, amen, amen. amen. This is exciting. How fun is it for me to get to look at all of the the Christmas sweaters? I'm not going to say ugly Christmas sweaters because what if it wasn't? Then I would have like a whole section that would be hurt and I would be like, you know, trying to deal with that instead of teaching. Today is the third Sunday of Advent. That's an, that's an exciting thing to me. It's exciting to me because of the way the Lord just kind of laid it out and put things together this time. The third Sunday of Advent speaks to joy and to hope. Um, it's, we, we had expectation on the first Sunday. We had longing on the second Sunday of Advent. And today we get to move into joy. And I find it so exciting because there's this prayer in the Advent prayers. And it says, it says, prepare our hearts and remove the sadness that hinders us from feeling the joy and hope his presence pours out, his presence brings into our life. Think about that. Prepare our hearts and remove the sadness that hinders us from experiencing the joy and the hope that his presence bestows. You would think, how could you possibly be sad in a time like this? Oh, but wait. See, that's exactly where we're going this morning because Charlie Brown We're going to talk about a Charlie Brown Christmas this morning. The entire premise of the Charlie Brown Christmas is the fact that he is sad in a season where everyone else expects him to be happy and to feel a certain way. Not that any of us have ever felt that way. But I do find it interesting and I do find it um, challenging and exciting that once again we get to glean from cartoons lessons that can be effective in our life. I like cartoons. Do you like cartoons? 
I was talking with some grown-ups in the, in the foyer earlier, and they were like, you know, I like to watch cartoons. Sometimes my kids don't watch them with me, you know, but they watch them, and I'm like, oh, you know, absolutely, because, see, we're supposed to have childlike hearts. We're supposed to come before him as a child. And so how like him to teach us in a child's eye, in a child's way, how we're supposed to move and function, how we're supposed to face some of the issues that we just may be facing in this season. The very first thing, we're going to talk about five different things. I'll try to get through them um, without like interrupting your lunch or anything like that. But the very first thing we see in a Charlie Brown Christmas is we see Charlie Brown walking out toward his mailbox He opens the mailbox, and there's nothing in there. And I love this statement. He says, I know that no one likes me. Do we have to have a holiday that emphasizes the fact? (laughs) Has anybody ever been there? This is a season that emphasizes everything. It emphasizes the good. It emphasizes the bad, and it emphasizes the ugly. Everywhere you go, there is going to be exclamation points put on your uh, situation this year. Uh, I, I, I would dare say that like when Charlie Brown went to that mailbox, it wasn't that he wanted a stamped manger scene on a piece of cardstock. I think what he was looking for was somebody to acknowledge that he mattered, Somebody to go, I thought enough about you to put your name on a card, put a stamp on it and send it to you to just to let you know I was thinking about you. And now to some people that not, might not be a, a big thing, but to a lot of people it's a big thing. To people who just, who, who are maybe alone, who are maybe struggling in this season struggling a little bit. You, you, you can't get away from it. I mean, beginning in August, you can't go to a store without a, a Santa jumping out at you from the side of the aisle. It's just, it's emphasis. It's everywhere. It's in your office. It's in your home. It's wherever you are. The emphasis is on this, this experience that you're supposed to be having in this season that so many of us aren't having in this season. And Charlie Brown was struggling with that in this season. A card, a hug, an encouragement, anything is so important when you see somebody and can encourage them and let them know that they've been on your mind or in your heart. That is huge. Some of you may not need it. Some of you may have hundreds of people in your life that are constantly telling you how precious you are to them, how important you are to them, but so many people just need to be acknowledged in this season, that they matter, that you care about them. So the very first lesson I want us to take from Charlie Brown is that there are people who need to know that you care about them in this season. Make sure that you're mindful to do that, that you're aware of it. The second thing that he does, I I think is just, it's all of us. I don't know, maybe all of us haven't said this before, but I know that I have said this before. The second thing he says is, I just don't feel the way I'm supposed to feel in this season. Has anybody felt that or thought that? I just don't feel the way that I'm supposed to feel in this season. Well, there's really not a way that you're supposed to feel in this season. There's what society would tell you that you're supposed to be feeling and experiencing, and then there's what you are going to experience. But here's the wonderful thing. It's supposed to change over time. 
How you feel in this season is absolutely supposed to change. What doesn't change but, and actually just becomes richer is the spirit of the season, not the feeling of the season. Those are two separate things. But the spirit of the season, that thing that we carry in this season is completely different. Let's just go for a couple of examples. When I was a child, the season felt completely different to me. Did it feel different to you? It just felt a little different. I mean, I was one of the fortunate ones because Santa knew my family very well. And he had this uncanny insight into my family's whereabouts, the things they liked, the things that they did. And I was really fortunate about that. And I don't know about you, and I don't know if you guys know this, but in the country, Santa comes on Christmas Eve. He comes in Christmas Eve. There are a couple of reasons because there's so many kids in the city, big cities, that he has like so many people to visit that he takes care of the kids out in the country, especially if you live in a hollow. And I lived in, in Walls Hollow. And uh, so they came there. And my mom and I were pretty sure that part of that had to do with it was so easy to come to the kids in the country because they were all on the good list, you know. <laughs> Everyone knows that country children behave better than you city folks. And anyway, and so he would come on Christmas Eve, which was wonderful for us. We loved it. And it was just, we had these traditions like, and, and, and Santa even knew like when we weren't there because like on Christmas Eve, my dad, he would take us to drive and look at Christmas lights. And it was the best because he would, he would get us girls. I have four sisters. He, anyway, he would get us girls, and we'd go to look at Christmas lights, and it would take 30 to 45 minutes because there were only two houses in Cofield that could afford to put outdoor lights on. <laughs> and so by the time we'd go and look at those, t uh, those two houses, those two lights, um, we would come home. But it, was, it was always bothered me somehow because my mom never got to go because on Christmas Eve, she always had to help my grandmother with things. And uh, Usually she'd get there about the time that we did, and, and I remember one time we had just pulled up, and my mom was running up the sidewalk, and I'm like, good Lord, I've never seen her run before. And, uh, and she said, I'm pretty sure I just saw something fly off. Well, you know what happened next. I shoved my sisters off the sidewalk, and I ran toward the house. And we pushed open the door, and there was like this glorious bounty of things and my sister got Barbie dolls, and another sister got a Donny Osmond album that tortured us for like the next two years, and then I got the best gift of all. I had a chalkboard, a standing chalkboard, and then I had three ring binders with packages of loose leaf paper. Do you know the potential that is in a loose leaf paper? Do you, you do testify in... You just don't even know. Those were my favorite gifts because I had so much to teach my sisters. And uh, now I had a platform with which to do that. And, but I just, I just remember the magic in those moments. I remember the wonder in those moments. You know, I just, I just remember that. And I think part of the issue we have as we grow up is like we want that feeling. And so we feel like something's missing from Christmas when really God is doing something new in this season. You can't long for the leeks and the garlic all the time. You got to be able to move forward in the things that God's calling you to. Well, 
let's flash forward a few years, so quite a few years, and then there's Hal and I, and we have babies. Well, actually, we had two Christmases before we had children. We had one Christmas that while we were still dating, and then we got married in October, and then we celebrated Christmas in December, and then we had a son nine months later. <sighs> and then we started doing parent Christmas. Whole new ball game, whole new joy, whole new wonder to be able to watch your children experience those things. A whole different, just a whole different thing. And it, that season in my life was not supposed to feel like the other season. I hadn't lost anything. I had gained something. And that's what we need to grab hold of is to quit focusing on what we have lost and begin to look at the things that we've gained in this season that we're in. It's not supposed to look like the old season. And now we're in a completely different season because those children that we raised, they all have kids of their own now. And they're waking up on Christmas morning, and I don't know if Santa visits them on Christmas Eve or on Christmas Day. I'm not sure if, where they are on the boundaries of city and country at this moment, but... Um, <laughs> But they get to experience those things. And Hal and I get to wake up on Christmas morning, have coffee together, bless the Lord together, come and join you guys on a Sunday morning to worship and bring focus to the season. And then the following Saturday, they'll all invite, I mean, they'll all come. <laughs> and we'll do something different with them because it's a different season. Every single season in our life has such wonder, such joy, such blessing if we will just allow the Lord to, or if we will just allow the emphasis to rest on that. It's a, a season that emphasizes so much, and there is no way that you're supposed to feel in this season. You just feel the way that you feel. It's what it is. So whatever you're feeling right now, let's take a, another little lesson from Charlie Brown. The third thing that impacted me and, and that I thought about was Charlie Brown says, I'm depressed. S seriously, Charlie Brown says, I'm depressed. And he says, he's trying to find answers for that. And he does what you're supposed to do. And you got to talk to somebody. You got to talk to somebody. Now, running to the Lord, absolutely. Talking to friends, absolutely. But Charlie Brown does the right thing. He seeks a licensed psychiatrist. <laughs> and you know she had to be good because she was only eight years old and was a licensed psychiatrist. So she goes to Lucy why you would trust someone who pulls the football away every single time, I don't know. But he, he does that, and she gives him a word of advice. And she says, Charlie Brown, what you need is involvement. So she wants him to direct a play. We could make that happen here. <laughs> How many churches can say that? <laughs> But involvement, and there's so, that, that is, that's really sound. When you're feeling isolated and when you're feeling depressed, one of the things that our pastor has taught us over time is anytime you turn inward, that's the enemy. Anytime you are so focused on yourself and what you're thinking and you're feeling and you're, you become obsessed with this, you are the least like Christ because Christ is outward. 
He is a giver. He is one who poured. He is one who served. He didn't come to be served. He came to serve. That was our example. And if you can get involved, if you can become involved in something, your whole focus changes. We had a dinner Monday night. We had a dinner for the uh, elders and the, the pastoral staff and the administrative board and their spouses just to, to appreciate them for the, the work that they had poured out over the, the, this past year. And we sang and Pastor Ronnie came up with some questions for Jeopardy that were like, what? And uh, he did an amazing job. So, you know, he's got a future in that. If he, if he should ever, you know, decide to go the Alex Trebek route, he could so go there. But um, not that I'm, I want you to stay, really. I just, but um, he... We had that, and we sang, and we had prayers, and it was just a good evening of fellowship. And in my mind, I'm thinking, oh, I just love these people. They've been so good all year, and, and they've poured so much, and I just wanted to bless them. And so Pastor Ronnie says, Barbie, what do you need us to do? And in my mind, I'm thinking, I'm so glad we could feed them and provide a meal for them. We've sang. They've had a good time. I just want them to go home and rest now. But what actually came out was, go home. retrospect. I'm like, oh, well, that didn't work out the way I meant. But see, these people, they're in positions of leadership because they can't just go home. They are servant-hearted. They love God. They love this house. They love you. And so before I could turn around, man, they were breaking down the tables in a good way. They were (laughs) breaking down. I've been to parties where it went the other way. But anyway, They were breaking down tables by permission and taking dishes to the kitchen and loading up chairs and taking them to the youth room. And I'm telling you the truth. I just, I just had to fight tears because I was so blessed. I was so blessed because I'm, I'll be honest with you, man, I was tired. I was tired. I really, I was just tired, but I wanted to bless them But there is nothing. I mean, as they served and they did, they were like happy. (laughs) They were like carrying chairs and smiling at each other. And and I'm like, God, what a blessing I would have missed. What a blessing they would have missed if they had obeyed me and gone home. Because see, the blessing in serving together, you cannot even begin to imagine what it builds in the team, what it does in your heart when you can serve, when you can engage. I just love it. I mean, James and Dana, I want to take them home with me. It's like, I've got, I've got some chores there too. <laughs> but I'm like, oh, they just, guys, if you want to really engage, if you want to change the way you're walking on the planet, you got to find a place to serve. Go and fill grin bags with Ray and Lisa Norris. They will love you. And you can minister to the homeless that need a meal. Go with... Um, Ricky and Angie Bashirs, as they minister to the elderly and take food, that, that, that soup for seniors that we bring on to every uh, second Sunday, that has to go to them. Go with Alan to minister at the nursing home on Sunday. There's so many places. Man, I need somebody right now. We bought a, a leaf blower. I need somebody who will on Sunday mornings be here at 830 just to blow the leaves off the playground for the kids. It doesn't have to be big. It doesn't have to be great. It just has to, you just need to be faithful in it. 
Just be faithful in it and watch what God does. Watch the connections that he will make in your life if you will just serve with one another. It's amazing. It's amazing what he does. So get involved. The next thing Charlie Brown does, and I just love this, it's probably, well, I don't know, I have a lot of favorite parts in there, so I know I'm going to sound wishy-washy, but I'm just going to say, I really love when he and Linus go to get the tree. He and Linus, Lucy has told him, and it's not really going well for him in directing the play, because sometimes you plug in, and that's not where you're supposed to plug in. And it doesn't really go the way it should, but God can lead you to where you need to be. And so it wasn't going real well for him. Lucy says, just go get a tree, and I want it to be big, and I want it to be shiny, and I want it to be all, you know, all of this that will fit the modern spirit of Christmas. And so you see Lucy, or I'm sorry, you see Charlie Brown and Linus going across through there, and you see the searchlights that are just going back and forth, leading them to this Christmas tree lot. And you walk into the Christmas tree lot, and there are big, shiny metal trees, and Linus walks over and he hits the metal, dong, 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 dong. He says, doesn't that just bring Christmas right home to you? <laughs> doesn't it just bring... No, it doesn't, actually. And so Charlie Brown is winding his way through, and he gets to and he sees the iconic Christmas tree. And Linus tells him very clearly, this is not what Lucy had in mind. This does not fit the modern spirit of Christmas. And then... Charlie Brown says something that we should all think about a little bit. He says, yes, but I think this one needs me. I think this one needs me. And then he goes on to say, I can do this, and then it's going to fit perfect. And he picks up the little tree, and he takes off. And, of course, he catches all the flack for, for getting that. You know what? I will stand and applaud anybody who can find beauty in the things that other people just walk past. I mean, I want somebody who finds beauty in the, the simplest things. You don't need shiny. You don't need new. You just need to be able to alter your vision in such a way that you see the beauty all around you all the time. All the time, we are so surrounded with blessing, so surrounded with goodness. And what if in this season, instead of being so focused on everything that we want, and we begin to look at need instead of want, would that change the picture at all in anything that we do? Would it change it? I just love that. Well, we know how the story goes. He finally becomes frustrated when they all diss him about the tree and and he finally just stands up in his frustration and I believe many of us could stand up in our frustration and go can anybody tell me what Christmas is all about you ever want to do that at Walmart <laughs> uh-oh we will have a film from Pastor Wayne next week <laughs> of him in Walmart going I would like to ask you what Christmas is all about. <laughs> Ooh. Sometimes we need to be reminded what it's all about. What it's all about. And what happens is Linus steps forward into the spotlight and he reads the passage of Scripture that we read in the beginning. It said, unto us is born this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign unto you. You shall find the child wrapped in swaddling clothes and lying in a manger. 
It wasn't a silent night. I can tell you I have given birth to three children. It was not a silent night. It was a teenage girl who had traveled a long distance on a donkey in the late stages of labor with a man walking beside her desperately looking for somewhere for that baby to be born and something to bring comfort to that woman that God had given him. Several years ago, I had a baby of my own, a little guy, and I was pondering one night. I was like, God, how could you have done that? How could, I mean, holding him, I'm like, how could you possibly give him up? How could you possibly, being a father, give your son up? And Lord, was it on a night like this? And I was, had these questions rolling around in my spirit. And um, I just began to sing to him, Lord. Jesus, were you born on a night like this? Mary, could you have known you'd given birth to our King? Did the angels come down from glory to proclaim a blessed event on a night like this? On a night like this. Praises were voiced by one and all. Father, did it break your heart to let him go? Oh, you knew the pain he would suffer. You give his life for those who might never believe on a night like this on a night like this in Bethlehem a precious baby boy was born the heavens rejoice Praises were voiced by one and all. Now who do you think would believe such a story? A child born in a manger was the Son of God. Jesus
I know this much. I know that it was not a silent night. I know that it was a holy night. I know that when he breathed for the first time, when, when, when Mary delivered this child and he breathed for the first time, it was the first time in my mind's eye. I can just see it. I can just see them uh, as, as she held this child. And I'm thinking it couldn't have been silent. It could not have been a silent night because it says in the scriptures, all of creation has been longing for him. And I think about all of history that up to this time was saying, he is coming, he is coming, he is coming. And then when he released his breath on the earth, I think all of creation, he is here. He is here. It wasn't a silent night. I believe that the rocks cried out, though we couldn't hear them. I believe that the earth went, finally, he has come. And I believe that the angels just may have leaned over and gone Waymaker, miracle worker, promise keeper, light in the darkness. You just don't even know because they knew. They knew what we are just coming to know. He has come. He is here. And now he has risen and he will come again. We have that hope and we have that expectation. That night, that moment, God breath entering the earth. It hadn't touched earth since God walked in the garden in the cool of the day with Adam and Eve and now he breathed again on the planet. And so we go Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. That's the spirit that we go forward with from this day. That is what God has done. That is what we celebrate. It's not about how we feel. That is where our emphasis is. He is here. He has come. We belong to him. And I wish you all a very Merry Christmas. Amen? Amen. Amen. You guys will come forward. Oh, Jesus. Oh, my goodness. I just want to do Waymaker. <laughs> totally messing with the routine here. If you are going to minister, wait a minute. Father, thank you. Thank you. Thank you for what you did. Thank you for sharing Jesus with us. Thank you for sending your most precious gift to us. I pray, Father, we would never lose sight of that, that we would never release that spirit that you released in the earth on our behalf. We love you and we bless you. Seal this day with your spirit and your presence. In Jesus' name, amen and amen.